Matthew 16 is a beautiful chapter. I would like to share with you some ideas about it. You know very well that the whole Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, you find amazing lessons and wonderful stories. Every time you go to the Scripture, the Holy Spirit will talk to you. Well, this chapter is really fascinating, and I wanted to share with you some of these ideas. One uh, thing at a time I will go explaining these things to you. So I will start by telling you about uh, signs. In the past and still today, and of course in the future, people will be all the time looking for signs, like uh, powerful signs, just to prove that this person is really special or something like that. Well, during the time of the Lord Jesus on earth, there were two groups among the Jews, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and they wanted to have a sign. And, and the Lord explained to the disciples that the real sign for everyone is that the Lord Jesus will be risen from death. And that, my friends, is the key in Christianity. Because there is no way that you can move forward in your faith unless the Holy Spirit reveals to you that He is the Son of God. So basically, when the Lord is talking about the yeast of the Sadducees and Pharisees, basically He's talking about the wrong teachings. In today's world, you find many wrong teachings and many religions and many ideas, philosophies, and things that people are sharing, you know, their views today. Wrong teachings, that's the yeast that the Lord talked about, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. But in, in the verses 13 to 20 in chapter 16, we found a, a revelation given to Peter, Simon Peter, when he says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. That is the key foundation in Christianity. If you know in your heart that Jesus is the son of God, that he died for you and also came back to life, he, that resurrection is a fact, and, and you don't have any doubts in your heart, you know that Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior. That happens because the Holy Spirit gave you that revelation. But what if you don't feel that way? What if, even today, feeling a little bit attracted to Christianity and teachings from the Bible because you see the whole mess that is in the world and you just don't know even what to believe? But let's say you, don't, you are not certain about this doctrine of Christianity. What do you do? What you do is to keep listening to the teachings from the Bible. And I have many things to say today, so bear with me. Because the Holy Spirit will work in your heart. The Spirit of God is going to work in your heart as I go explaining more about the Scripture. So the foundation of our faith is that. And the Holy Spirit is the only one that can reveal you that. But you know what? It has to do also with your personal situation. So let me give you an example. If you have everything that you can imagine, let's suppose you have good health, good family, good work, everything is going just perfect in your life, more likely you feel that you don't need anything, apparently. But if you don't have enough money, if you have issues with your family, if you don't have enough income, 
if you have problems with people, if you are struggling, those situations will move you to, to seek help, to search God. And maybe that's the reason why you are here listening today. I don't know. But even for those who feel that they don't need anything, deep down in our hearts, we all have this emptiness. When we feel that way and we start searching, even when we don't know what is what we are searching for, that is exactly the place where Jesus is going to come up to you and, and you, will, you will receive the revelation that He is the Son of God, the Savior, the Messiah, the one that can rescue you. That's the foundation of our faith. So, but during these conversations that Lord Jesus had with the, His disciples, uh, He mentioned something in verses 9 and 10 that is very important. You know, it's about our supplies and our material and physical needs. Because quite often we wonder about that, right? We wonder, how I, can I pay all these bills? How can I take care of all these needs? Uh, what about my work, my career, my business? What is going to happen when I get old? Will I be able to retire? My retirement will sustain me in my last years on earth. All those things. And here is one powerful statement the Lord gave in reference to the times he multiplied the bread. So he, he says to the disciples, remember when I fed 5,000 people once and 4,000 people in the second time. Because we need to remember how many times the Lord has provided for us. When you remember and you go back in your timeline, your own story, and you remember how many times you didn't have what you needed, materially speaking, you didn't have probably money to pay bills or you didn't have the money to, to buy food even. I don't know what kind of uh, personal stories you have, but I can tell you about my personal stories. I went through situations where I didn't have the money for, for many things. Uh, how to pay the electric bill, how to pay the phone bill, how to pay the food and take care of my, my children's education, their school payments and all those things. But I remember every time I am wondering about how can I get the money to pay my bills today or tomorrow or my retirement or all that, I remember how many times the Lord has provided for me. How many times He has done wonderful things for me. And He has done wonderful things for you too. So that's beautiful, right? Now, here in verse in chapter 16 and verse 19, He talks about other thing that is interesting. It's about judgment and forgiveness. Because He says that it will be given to us believers once we see that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah, and we are walking in his path. He says that we will be able by speaking judgment and forgiveness, those two things will happen. And that is interesting. It's interesting because the tendency we have is always to, to find somebody that we can blame for our problems or simply we, can, we would like to say guilty to those who are doing wrong things to us. That is judgment. And the Lord is telling us, yes, you will be able to speak judgment. Although, we are going to be able to speak judgment 
to people, towards people. The big question is, is that fair? Because not all the time the judgment giving, uh, being given in, in the court judicial system is fair. We know that. So when we evaluate that in our own personal lives, if we will be able to speak judgment towards people, to people, for people, is that judgment fair? And then he says, but also if you speak forgiveness, that is what will happen. People will be forgiven. And it's interesting because the Lord is basically giving us the option to, to say, blame people, you know, and just tell them you're guilty. I can't stand you anymore, get out of my life and whatever. Or we can just say, I forgive you. Forgiveness and judgment is something that the Lord allows us and give, he, he gives us the authority to, to, to really say. So today, if you have something against somebody, are you willing to, to forgive this person? Or you want to <laughs> proclaim a judgment here and say, guilty, interesting very interesting but now in the following verses the lord talks about the, the the true follower and here's where i am getting to probably one the one of the most interesting parts of christianity which is who is and who is not a true follower so the lord tells us here in the verse 24 to start two characteristics of a true follower the first one is the one that will stop thinking about himself and what he or she wants. So I'm going to talk to you directly. You will consider yourself as a true follower the moment when you stop thinking about yourself and what you want. But the, the thing that is so hard about this is that from the moment we wake up Till the moment we go to bed in the night. How often we are thinking about ourselves. How often you are thinking about what you want and about yourself. Well, a true follower, the Lord Jesus, is the one that stops, stops thinking about himself or herself. So you will be considered a true follower by the Lord Jesus when you stop thinking about yourself and you stop thinking about what you want. <laughs> That's tough, right? And the second thing, he says, you need to be willing to carry the cross that is given to you for following him. Which is another big thing. How willing are we to, to carry the cross that we have every day? But not the cross in general, you know, meaning sufferings and struggles just because... No, he says clearly, is the cross that is given to you for following him. Because people can, can go through great challenges and difficulties in life, but they are provoked by themselves, by their own mistakes. And this is not what he's saying here. The true follower, remember, is the one that stops thinking about himself or herself it stops thinking about what he wants or she wants and is also willing to carry that cross for following the Lord Jesus. So I would like you to think for a moment. If you are really following the Lord Jesus, 
and his teachings and everything that he wants you to do and stop doing, etc. To have a holy life by following the Lord Jesus, which are those things that you can consider part of the cross that is given to you. You see? Because honestly, when, when we decide to follow the Lord Jesus and, and walk in this holy walk, yes, certainly you will find a lot of things that you know you can't do anymore. And it's precisely because you are following the Lord Jesus. You know, those that are not following the Lord, they do whatever they want. After all, everyone is in his home, in his work, in his car, in his own world, in his own mind, with his own money and his own body. And everyone is entitled to do whatever they want to do. You are part of that. I am part of that. So eventually, we are going to come to a conclusion. What is what I, what I will do today? Will I be thinking of myself and what I want or not? And also, am I willing to carry the cross that is given to me today for following the Lord? But this is, this is the, the thing that is just... Uh, let, let me read the, the verse 25 in the first section because th this, is, this is what is pretty, pretty much uh, the connection. Any of you who try to save the life you have will lose it. You see that? If, if I try to save my life, meaning if I keep trying to get my own desires, I will lose my life. So that goes go to the core of the problem. The core of the problem is what is what I, what I really want every day. Do, do I want to please God? Do I want to do His will? Or, or, or I just want to get what I want. I try to continue pursuing my own dreams. I want to get my own desires. That is exactly what the Lord is saying here. In the second part of this verse 25, it says, But you who give up your life for me, will find true life. Meaning, when I stop trying to get my own desires, then is when I will find the true life. So, what is the true life? The true life is not being alive, breathing and, you know, moving, walking, operating in this world. That's life, of course. We are alive. We have life. But the true life is when we finally learn to live for the Lord. But, but it's not because on Sundays I will go for one hour to sing some songs and say some prayers and listen to, to the minister. And so I'm good. The, the true life is, is not about even having a little moment in the morning of giving thanks to God and then the night before going to sleep say another little prayer and that's it. The true life is not about those moments. The true life is, is about the whole day in connection with God, knowing that there are some things that we cannot do. There are some things that we cannot be thinking of. There are some things that we cannot uh, purchase because what's the point of buying certain things that are going to hurt us anyways and uh, living for ourselves? just thinking of myself what is what I want what is what I want today you see interesting and that is the true follower you notice that stop thinking about yourself and what you want be willing to carry the cross that is given to you for following him 
and do not keep trying to get your own desires. The true follower will find the true life. But let's continue reading. Then in verse 26, there is a huge revelation about what happens with people that at the end of their lives are so frustrated. And you know many of them. You have seen them everywhere in every country and every race. And, you know, poor, rich, educated or not educated, working in this area or even not working. It, it doesn't matter. Men and women, it doesn't matter. You have seen frustrated people everywhere. What is the reason why they are so frustrated? Okay, you know what? The biggest mistake anyone can make with his own life is getting lost in trying to get what they want. The biggest mistake anyone can make with his own life is getting lost in trying to get what they want. So that's why you can see people, whether it's that they are in, into the money-making thing, or sports, or arts, or their own business, their own career, their own thing, whatever is what they do. When, when you get lost, because you were searching and trying to accomplish certain things, obtaining certain things, you know, it, it could be uh, maybe uh, in, in the physical area of your life, like uh, trying to get so healthy, whether it's with your food or sports, exercising, working out, to the point that you just became so intolerant of anyone else's desires or what they wanted with, to do with their own life, or maybe it's, it's in the school area. Someone that wanted to get another degree and another degree and studying and studying and studying or business, trying to get more and more money and accomplish another thing and another thing. It's just trying to get what they want. And when they are doing that, they are so focused, but so extremely focused on what they want that they lost everything. They even find themselves lost. And, and it is very sad when you see someone that at the end of their lives, they are alone, totally. And I'm not talking about alone because, you know, age and nobody lives with you. Or, you know, I'm not talking about that kind of loneliness. I'm talking about alone because there is no one to talk to. There is nobody that really cares or loves this person. And there are many like this in the world. And this is exactly what the Lord Jesus says in, in Matthew 16, 26. It is worth nothing for you to have the whole world if you yourself are lost. You could never pay enough to buy back your life. At that point, the regrets are pointless. What are you going to do at the end of your life? And then you see yourself and you got what you want. You had the health you wanted or the money you wanted or... Whatever is what you wanted, what you were looking for. But what's the point of all that if you just don't find anyone who loves you near you? Nobody that really cares for you yourself, not for what you accomplished. Not for what you have to offer. I'm talking about nobody really wanting to be with you or spend time with you, talking with you. And there are many people like that. They get what they want, but they are lost. The biggest mistake anyone can make with his own life is getting, is getting lost 
in trying to get what they want. You know, at the end of this chapter, the Lord closes with something so beautiful. In the, it's uh, verses 27 and 28. The Son of Man will come again with His Father's glory and with, him, and with His angels, and He will reward everyone for what they have done. Believe me when I say that there is some people standing here who will see the Son of Man coming with His kingdom before they die. So this this could be kind of confusing, and especially when you you read it says there are some people standing here who will see the Son of Man coming with His kingdom before they die. It's like so we we know about the second coming of the Lord Jesus. The Lord uh, told us that He will come back. The doctrine. Uh, written by Paul in the, the letter to the Thessalonians chapter 4 and then the prophets talking about the second coming Old Testament and of course Revelation the New Jerusalem and all that we, we know the Lord Jesus will come back he told us about that but so we wonder it, it, why is it that he said that some of them they will stay alive and that was thousands of years ago they all died so what is the meaning of that one, let me keep that idea there for a second. But, but also he's talking about the Son of Man that will come with his Father's glory and with his angels. And he will reward everyone for what they have done. So that uh, takes us to a point, which is our actions. Our actions. So with our own life, what is what we really are doing? So let's say someone uh, works uh, for a non-profit, whatever is what they are trying to do, helping people, helping forest or help, helping some animal that is about to be extinct or whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. If let's say someone is doing something that is really good for the community, for the planet, for, for everybody, working with health or whatever, somebody is doing something that is really good. But the question is, what was the motive behind it? Because the Lord will give us a reward for what we have done. Yes, certainly our actions, what we do with our lives is going to count. Because you cannot compare at the end of the life. For instance, if someone wanted to be in business, regardless what kind of business is that, and that person dedicated his life entirely to that compared to somebody that was working, helping others, helping the poor, helping the needy. Of course, there is a big difference in that in those kind of lives. The Lord is going to reward everyone according to what they have done. But the bottom line is, why do we do what we do? It is because we wanted to do it, because we wanted a reward, because we wanted to impress people, we wanted to look good in the eyes of others. What is the real reason that moves us to, to give sometimes or to, to help others in other occasions or even working with our hands certain things to help people? Why do we do those things? So this is beautiful because take us to, to a point of understanding again that a true follower is not doing things to please himself. Is the one that is willing to carry that cross that is given is, be, is being given to him by following the Lord Jesus. So the true follower is able to stop thinking of himself, stop looking for to please himself. Actually, the true follower is, is, is willing to, to stop trying to, to get 
what what he really wants to get his own desires you see the true follower dies to himself in that matter basically the true follower is focusing on pleasing god and again it's not like on sundays for a little while or early in the morning late in the night for two three minutes no it's the true follower is the one that is giving his whole heart to the lord and is willing to do what he has to do throughout the whole day seven days a week all the weeks of the year all his life because this this person have have found the true life on this pleasing god all the time there is when it makes sense when the lord says the lord will reward everyone for what they have done because it's going to be a great reward in heaven doing what pleases the lord all day will bring me great rewards in heaven let me say that again doing what pleases the lord all day will bring you great rewards in heaven but it's the whole day pleasing the lord the whole day day after day that is what will bring the rewards in heaven but also this is beautiful when we connect this with the verse 28 What is talking here is that some people are going to be able to see the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus, coming with His kingdom before they die. But not necessarily that means only that is the second coming of the Lord Jesus. Here's where I put my personal note and I cannot say anything other than is my personal view about this. That for those people who live devotedly for the Lord, for all of us which desire is to please God every day, all day long, before we die, we are able to see the Lord Jesus in His kingdom coming into our lives. And before we die, we will see how He is coming to pick us up. And I believe that. I believe that if the Lord Jesus doesn't come for his church in the, the rapture, or if, that, if the Lord Jesus doesn't come in the second coming before I die, I believe that I will see him personally coming to pick me up in that transition from this part of the world to the next one. I already defeated death. I am alive forever. I am eternal. That transition, I will not feel a thing. And I will see the Lord Jesus bringing me up to his eternal kingdom. Thank you for listening. And I hope to see you one day. <laughs> okay, have a great day.